Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. MG is back and it's electric from just €28,995. The truly affordable, family-friendly electric range just got even more affordable. With €750 off an MG ZS EV when you book a test drive on MG.ie between now and June 19th. MG, recharge your soul. Excludes delivery and related charges. Terms and conditions apply. Visit MG.ie for details. Hello and welcome to another episode of Talking Point, Planet F1's very own podcast. So, the season is just over a week away now. It's been a long wait, so given that, we thought we'd do another season preview. Yes, a second one. We uh, didn't think we'd be doing that at the start of the year. We obviously did one back in March, just before the Australian Grand Prix, but yeah, that feels like a very, very long time ago, doesn't it, Michelle? Oh, an extremely long time ago. I can't believe that by the time they go racing, it will have been four months since testing ended. It just seems so crazy. Boy, did it drag. But yeah, good news. It honestly makes the winter break feel small, I think, this one. Um, It's just gone on for so long. Um, So yeah, obviously, we're not going to completely rehash what we said in March. There are some things that still stand true. Um, But yeah, there's obviously a lot of things that have also changed. So we're just going to go over all of those today. Um, but just to kick things off with, I thought we'd just take a final look at how the teams have been preparing for the season. Um, there's been two approaches, effectively, haven't there? There's been the approach of teams testing their uh, 2018 cars or the approach of teams testing their current cars on a filming day where they can cover a lot lot less distance and use um, fewer tyres. So w- which approach of those do you think is best? Obviously, we've seen... Renault, Mercedes and Ferrari use their uh, 2018 cars while Alfa Tori and Racing Point did filming days. Finley, I think it's a bit of six of one, half a dozen of the other. Um, it depends what you're going for entirely. With the, the filming days, you're only limit, you are limited to 100 kilometers per day um, and only two days of those are allowed in a year. So basically the teams are, are separating the day giving one driver 50Ks and the other driver 50Ks, which isn't really a lot of time to to get your eye in. It also isn't a lot of time really to develop a car if that's what if that's what they are looking to. Um, during the filming days, you also have to run a pair of dodgy, or should I say a set of dodgy Pirelli tyres, and not the ones that you'll be using in the championship this year. So there isn't really a whole lot to be gained from it. Um, the teams already know their cars. They spent eight days, six days on the track uh, back in February, uh, laying down mile after mile after mile. So I don't really see much to be gained with developing the 2020 car during 100 days, uh, sorry, 100 kilometers of running. Um, as for the other approach, the putting in lots of miles, but in an old car, you know, you're getting your eye in, you're getting used to procedure, you're 
you're getting used to just being out on track. Um, and of course, there's the new COVID procedures of the social distancing and everything like that. But in those grounds as well, you're running a car that's two years old. So there's not much to be learned about the car. In fact, there's nothing to be learned about the car. Um, so yeah, I think both of them sort of have a few merits, but but not many at all. I think even teams such as McLaren, who are not getting to run the 2018 car or the 2020 car, so they instead put their, their drivers in a Formula 3 car. I think it's pretty much the same. The drivers have been out on track. They've had a chance to, to get their eye in and to feel speed and to feel G-force and to see how their bodies are doing. And that's pretty much all you need. Um, I mean, it looks like Kimi Raikkonen is literally spending his time just karting with his son, Robin. So that's going to be his preparations. Yeah, uh, his son looked pretty handy as well. I think he was uh, going for the overtake on the video I saw. So, yeah, um, yeah, I don't know. I think personally, I, I feel like the, the main purpose of these tests is just to get the drivers back on the track, back in a racing car. Um, just to, yeah, like you said, get their eye in again. So for that, I, I'm inclined to say that I think for them to do as much distance as they can, on you know the closest ties to the real thing possible is probably probably the best preparation they can get rather than only being able to do a certain amount of miles um and especially considering they can't actually be developing the car in any way obviously those that are running the 2020 filming day so yeah i i I was a bit i don't know i don't see the benefits of those filming days as much i guess um another benefit i think maybe the kind of the tracks that they're testing on obviously we've got Renault with testing at the Red Bull ring which Helmut Marker wasn't particularly pleased about unsurprisingly um do you think that's a benefit for them just maybe for the drivers I guess to get used to the track again before they have the first two races there yeah I thought that one was a bit strange that Red Bull rented out its Red Bull ring to one of its main rivals um a Helmut Marker also thought it was pretty strange but Apparently, the, the management of the circuit is not actually affiliated with Red Bull. So, But anyway, heads might be rolling on that one if Marco has a say in it. I think of all the venues that the teams have been in action in, yes, the Red Bull ring is the is the preferred venue and well done for, to Renault for, for grabbing that. But again, the drivers spent 50 kilometers each putting laps on the circuit. That's not much time to learn the perfect racing line or that sort of thing. So again... The best circuits to have tested on, but the fact that they were limited to 100 kilometers for the day kind of negates that. Yeah, yeah, it's all uh, there's only so much they can do, isn't it? I guess with uh, all the regulations and the little time they have before the season starts. But uh, yeah, so that's how that's how the 2020 grid have been preparing. Um, we're expecting to see. I think Red Bull are going to be doing a filming day of their own in the next couple of days. AlphaTauri should be doing so today. Imola. So uh, yeah, the preparations are continuing, and uh, I, I'm assuming they will up until the uh, start of the season next Friday. Um, so yeah, let's get into talking about the season a bit. Obviously, we spoke a lot about it in our in our first season preview, um, which ended up being pretty pretty irrelevant. But I mean, obviously, not much has actually happened on track. Well, nothing's happened on track since then, so not too much has changed. Um, in terms of the pecking order it's still safe to say we think mercedes would be top um racing point probably the best of the rest and williams and has struggling at the back like we said but um obviously a lot has happened off track that could 
affect the season to come. We've had various driver switches, you know, Vettel leaving Ferrari, signs replacing him and Ricardo going to McLaren. Um, the calendar's looking wildly different to it ever has before, um, and it could still look a very different. So h- how different do you think the season's going to shape up to be now, given the uh, given the delay we've had? What do you think of the big changes? Yeah, first and foremost, I think the championship is still Lewis Hamilton's to lose. <clears throat> I don't think anything, the break or anything like that, ha- has changed that story whatsoever. Um, well, initially, I thought it would be Red Bull who who would be taking the fight to to Mercedes. Um, I'm now inclined to say it could be Sebastian Vettel because he's got absolutely nothing to lose. He doesn't need to listen to team orders. He doesn't need to listen to anything. This year could be his last in Formula One, and he's going to want to go out on top. So I would really love to see Vettel fighting Hamilton for the world title in what could be his last season. Uh, But like you say, there's other things in play as well. I mean, we can say that Vettel doesn't need to listen to team orders, but like Bernie Eccleston recently brought up, he is hoping Ferrari treat him fairly. Uh, There are other ways to, to hamper a driver, you know, give him the the old stuff while Charles Leclerc gets all the new stuff. But one can only hope that Ferrari do in this final season for, for Vettel, just give him everything and let him go for that title along with Hamilton. Yeah, I was going to bring that up because in our first preview, we uh, we we both predicted that Vettel would beat Leclerc this season in the Ferrari. Um, and that was just when we thought it would be another year of Vettel at Ferrari and he'd probably renew his contract. Um yeah, like I thought he'd beat Leclerc and then he'd, you know, regain the number one status at the team. Um, I mean, that's definitely not going to happen now. Number one status is definitely Leclerc's. But uh, yeah, it is completely different, the situation at Ferrari now, isn't it? Because, yeah, like you said, on one hand, Vettel doesn't have to follow team orders. On the other, Ferrari might well avoid giving him upgrades. I mean, in terms of his motivations, what, what, what do you think they are? Do you think there's a part of him that thinks... Eh, I'm going to be leaving at the end of the year. I'm not too fussed. Or do you think he's really going to want to go out and prove a point this season? I think he's going to really want to go out and prove a point. I mean, it'd be incredible if he were to to walk away from Formula One with the, the World Championship, the number one pretty much, well, not pretty much, but his, you know. Um, Yesterday, Ferrari were testing at Mugello and the reports coming out were basically that Vettel was overjoyed to be back in the car. Um, and Automoto and Sport is also reporting that he was he was pretty stoked that Ferrari put him in the car first because he feels that this means that they still ex- they still appreciate his experience and what he brings to the team. So I'm really expecting Vettel to just go all out this season. As I said, him versus Hamilton for a world title fight, put Max Verstappen on the fringes. What an incredible year we'd be in for. Oh uh, yeah, sounds good. It sounds good. Um, I mean. Yeah, moving on to Verstappen, I think it's only right to mention him, considering that the first two races uh, at the Red Bull ring, which he's tended to dominate in recent years. Um, I mean, obviously, it depends largely on how long the season turns out to be. But with a start like that, he's got to be he's got to be more in contention now than he was back in March. Right. Oh, absolutely. He's won at the Red Bull ring the last two years. Um, last year was a great late race pass on Charles Leclerc to take the victory. Um, and yeah, being on home soil, it just seems to give Max that, that added boost. Uh, so, you know, what would be really interesting is if he did win 
those opening two races in Austria. And then let's see Hamilton play catch-up against someone who's not a teammate. Yeah, we've never really... I mean, we've also... We've never seen Verstappen lead a championship before. Um, I haven't checked the stats, but I'm pretty sure he's literally never done it. Um, I'm fairly confident of it because he's never won an opening race. Um, So it would be interesting, yeah, to see Hamilton play catch-up and also to see Verstappen actually um, take, take the lead role for once. Because one thing I think about him is he kind of thrives when the um, expectations are lower for him. So, for example, when he joined Red Bull at Barcelona in 2016, nobody expected him to do particularly well immediately. And he ended up uh, winning the race, you know. Um, and then you look at early 2018 when Red Bull had a better car and Daniel Ricciardo was smashing it. And again, Verstappen was expected to do better because of the car and he had a horrible run of results. So... Yeah, I think he's best when the pressure's off him and the expectations aren't too high. So I think going into uh, the first two races where he's probably the bookie's favourite to win them, given his and Red Bull's form there. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how he, how he handles that expectation, I think. I mean, yeah, going into the first race then, what's your prediction? Who do you think is going to win it? Um, I'm going to say Max. Because, well, because it's what I'd love to see. So let Max win it or, or Vettel. Uh, maybe even put Hamilton off the podium just to uh, spice things up a little bit. Uh, Mercedes, they don't always do too well at the Red Bull ring. Um, I think last year they had a bit of a nightmare. They couldn't get the tires and stuff working. So, yeah, uh, Max Max first, Vettel second. Uh, let's maybe give third to Leclerc with Hamilton behind him. Um, and then, yeah, let's all see what they can do a week later at the same track. Yeah, that's going to be the interesting thing, isn't it? Seeing it uh, a week later again, the exact same track, same strategy, same format and everything. Um, but yeah, I'm with you. I think I think Max will win it. Um, I think it, I, I think it'll be tight because it's such a such a short track. Uh, they're always one well, always. But in recent years, it's tended tended to be pretty close. Um, yeah, I think Max and then. Yeah, it's just it's such a question mark with the Ferrari, how good the car is. But I don't think Albon's got it in him to get a podium straight away. So I'd probably say Vettel and then I'd have to be boring and say Hamilton for the final podium place. Uh, but yeah, so yeah, that that's the top of the grid. Uh, just briefly going to the bottom, because another thing we both both predicted in the, our original season preview podcast was that Williams would be much closer in the midfield fight and may even finish above Haas. Obviously, quite a lot has happened at Williams since then. They're now looking to sell and just generally struggling financially. Um, so, yeah, is that is that is that also another one you're going to stick with? I'm going to. Williams have, subsequent to the news of of the the pending sale of the team, have come out and said they do have the budget for for the season. They're not they're not worried about not being able to do what they need to do this year. So I'm really hoping that they do come to the party. That's if if 2020 turns out to be Frank Williams's team's last season on the grid, that they they go out in style. I'd hate them to go out with another P10. It would be absolutely heart wrenching, um, not just for Williams fans, but I think for Formula One in general. Um, and also pretty much a damning indictment on the sport and how the costs of it has just well completely rubbished the little teams. Uh, unless you're a big manufacturer. So, yeah, Williams doing good would be would be an awesome, awesome result this season. 
I mean, one thing I think we definitely got from the off-season was, um, well, some people defended on how you view virtual racing. Um, obviously, George Russell completely dominated it pretty impressively. A lot of people think that that's going to, you know, it kind of shows how good he is and that that form's going to come into the season. Um, I, I think regardless of what you think of his virtual exploits, he's definitely a top driver. In, and, uh, you know, it, the, the, the off-season's kind of made, brought up the discussion, I think, of him going to Mercedes next year um a bit more prominent so do you think he's going to be able to benefit a lot from the kind of off season he's had in terms of success in that virtual series you know maybe not in pace but in kind of confidence i think he he's said himself that it'll, it'll uh, help him yeah i think the confidence will be there um it was great he won several of the virtual races to win the the virtual championship but i mean it means it means absolutely nothing when it all comes down to it. Yes, he knows the tracks a bit better from spending time in the sim, but the sim does not give you the, the G-forces and all the physical aspects of the racing. But I do think like 2020 will be a good season for George. Uh, he's still my, my number one prediction to replace Valtteri Bottas next season. And I'd like to I'd like to see him have a good year. I mean, shame he's had to watch as as all his mates have stepped up into big team cars, and he's down at the bottom of the grid with Williams. So yeah, a good 2020 for George would be awesome. But if it doesn't pan out that way, well, Williams, uh, sorry, Mercedes awaits in 2021. Yeah, definitely. I think that's something that. Uh... We'd all like to see. I think. I uh, no offense to Valtteri Bottas, but I think at this point Russell would be a much more interesting option. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think. I think Williams will still finish bottom. Sadly, I just. I just hope it's not rock bottom. I hope they can get a few points and fight the midfield at least. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, that's all the discussion we'll have on the season preview because, like we said, with the lack of tra- on track action, not that much has changed. We don't think in terms of the pecking order or stuff. Um, Still think that it'll be Mercedes to lose in general, but obviously Steiner, Austria, Red Bull could have a uh, could have a bit of an advantage to kick off with. Um, one thing I think is a lot more interesting though, given the uh, the strange nature of the season that's uh, coming up, will be the records that could be broken. Um, I cause to be I wrote the article for the site uh, about records being broken all the way back in March, and to be honest, back then. I, I didn't think most of them were particularly interesting because a lot of them seemed like foregone conclusions in the 21 race season. Um, in terms of Hamilton beating a bunch of Schumacher's records, podiums, race wins, maybe the championship. Kimi overtaking Barrichello for most race starts ever. I think he was um, 10 and off. So it, it all looked pretty inevitable. But now, obviously, that's all changed because we're not actually sure how many races we're going to get. So, um, yeah, i just read out a comment we have from uh, someone on the article about the records, and then we'll m- make our predictions of ourselves. So we've got a user called uh, Go McLaren. He may be a bit biased towards Hamilton, judging by the username, but who knows, maybe he's a newcomer. Um, he says, uh, I think Lewis will take the records for most podiums, most points finishes, equal seven championships, um, and the record for win, race, and lead every lap which is uh, an Edson Senna record at the moment, which Hamilton is level on at the moment. So that's one that's pretty inevitable. Um, looking at the records that obviously we've had the Hamilton v Schumacher discussion for a long time now. Um, do you think this is the year that Hamilton's finally going to, on paper at least, become the best of all time? 
Well, I don't know if it'll be the best of all time. Remember, he is only matching the record. He's not beating it. Yeah, that is true. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I think I, I think one thing about Schumacher is that his his records don't look that much better than Hamilton's because if you compare it by the amount of races they've driven. But you also have to remember that Schumacher came back and was kind of going around in the midfield for quite a while after he made his return with Mercedes. You know, I just look at that and I think before that, his his numbers must have looked ridiculously good. But yeah, so we've got, let's go through the most race wins because I think everyone's spoken about championship and everyone's probably made their mind up on whether it will happen or not. So most race wins, we've got Hamilton seven short of Schumacher, for example. Um, what do you reckon? Do you think he's going to take seven wins this season? I mean, obviously, we don't know how many races there's actually going to be. Well, at the moment, there are only eight races. So for Hamilton to win seven of those eight, well, that would be super impressive. Um, I think even if we land up with a season of 13 to 15 races, um, yeah, I don't think he's going to he's going to get that most race wins one this season. Seven is, is a lot of races. And like we said, the first two are going to Max Verstappen already. So that's sorted. Um, but yeah, whether he gets that record or not, he is going to most likely match Schumacher's seven. And that's, I mean, that's an incredible feat. So if that seven is the only record that Hamilton makes this season, I think he's going to think it's a pretty good year. Yeah, I think he'd take that. I think he'd take that. Um, another one would be youngest world champion, uh, Max Verstappen and Charles Leclerc. They could both take the title for youngest world champion. Uh, this season but it's also their last chance to do so which uh, in a strange way you think Verstappen may be fairly disappointed about considering how young he was when he joined the grid do you think what do you think are the chances of one of those taking it like I, like I said already I, I believe this is Hamilton's championship to lose with Vettel taking the fight to him but of the two of Max and Scholl um, I'd put Max as the more likely of, of those two to win the title, uh, given that Charles Leclerc is going to be up against Sebastian Vettel, whereas Max is going to have Alexander Albon helping him. But yeah, it's strange. I mean, Max has been around, wow, it feels like he's been around for, for a century already, and yet he, he hasn't got that first world title yet. So it, it would be pretty impressive if he, if he finally got it in his something like seventh season or sixth season in Formula One. Sixth season, I think, which is, yeah, pretty, pretty crazy. I, I, I'd say Verstappen's more likely than Leclerc to, um, not thinking about how good the cars will be because we don't really know that. I just think, yeah, like, you know, it is sixth season and even though they're around about the same age, he just feels a lot more experienced, I guess, in F1. Um, because, well, yeah, I guess he's got, he's got four years more experience than Leclerc has. Three years, maybe. So, yeah, I think he's probably the most likely one to say that. But to be honest, yeah, I don't think either of them will. I think it's Hamilton's. Um, there's one last thing about the records. I mean, it's probably the most commonly asked question. How important do you think they are? You know, how, when you look at the record books, I mean, it can't really tell us who's the best of all time, can it? No, it doesn't tell you who's the best of all time. I mean, Formula One's been going officially since 1950. There's been a lot of changes to safety, to the cars, to the caliber of the drivers, the duration of the season, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You can't compare a driver from the 1950s to one from the 1980s to one from today's grid. But on paper, 
it it looks good. It looks good to have a record next to your name. You know, it looks good for for people to say that Michael Schumacher unprecedented seven world titles, or, or whatever it is that we're talking about. But does it make you the best, even the the seven world titles? Uh, no, I think there's a lot more a lot more in play than just just the numbers. Yeah, definitely. I think F1's fairly unique in that way, in that it's. Uh, a comp- in everything but name it's a completely different sport to how it was when um Fangio was driving for example you know so yeah I don't think we can take too much from it but on the other hand I don't think uh, drivers are going to be complaining if they get any it's uh it's a nice bonus for sure um well yeah that's just about everything for our second season preview and oh we hope to god it's the last season preview we have to do this season so yeah just a week to go uh excited Michelle very much so. It's going to be a crazy few weeks. I think it's eight races in 11 weeks, something bonkers like that. Uh, but yeah, after this very long break, definitely excited. Yeah, me too, me too. Uh, I can't wait. It feels like it feels like such a long time since we saw actual competitive racing on a Formula One track. So uh, we'll be there in a, a week on Friday for free, pra- for, uh, free practice to get things started for the 2020 season so yeah to everyone listening thanks very much for listening and make sure you're uh, up to date on the site planetf1.com to see all our live coverage um in the meantime keep an eye on our facebook planet f1 and our twitter planet underscore f1 just to uh, see everything else that is uh, going on thanks again for listening and we'll uh, see you in austria bye Podcast Network.